This is episode 110 of the Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work podcast. This episode is titled, When Your Job Can Get You Killed. This episode is part of our series about journalism and journalists. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dear Discreet Guide, Trouble at Work, where we talk about work, working, and how to make work better. If it's work-related, we're on it. Who knew talking about work would be this much fun? I'm Jennifer Crittenden, a former CFO and host of the show, and thank you for joining our quest to improve our workplaces. Let's do this. I'm really honored to have a member uh, from the Committee to Protect Journalists on the show today. This is part of our series about journalism and journalists. And Lucy Westcott is kind enough to join us today, and I'll introduce her. She joined CPJ in 2018 as the James W. Foley Fellow. And during her uh, fellowship, she focused on safety issues, which we'll talk about also with her. And she was a staff writer for Newsweek. She also reported for The Intercept, Bustle, The Atlantic, and Women Under Siege, and was a United Nations correspondent for the Interpress Service. Uh, she's reported from Egypt, Jordan, Cameroon, and the US. She has a master's in multi-platform journalism from the University of Maryland College Park and a bachelor's degree from the University of Sussex in the UK. Welcome to the show, Lucy. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. So the Committee to Protect Journalists, reading from the website, is an independent nonprofit organization that promotes press freedom worldwide. And they defend the rights of journalists to report the news safely and without fear of reprisal. And one of the things that the organization does that I think is really interesting is keep track of the journalists who have been killed or injured or captured. And they have an interesting uh, schema on their website, which shows the number of journalists who have been killed since 1992. And it totals now through where we are in 2020, 1,365, which is a pretty shocking number, really. And I noticed that it varies kind of between numbers in the 20s, all going up in some years closer to 100 or over 70. What's the sense at CPJ, Lucy, do we feel as though journalists are more in danger than they used to be or less so? Or what, what do people think? Yeah, so um, thank you for, for mentioning our data and I would really encourage people to um, to go on our website and to, to have a look at the database. There has never been a more dangerous time to be a journalist, actually. We are seeing increasingly hostile rhetoric against the press around the world. We are seeing harassment against journalists, both online, which is something that I focus on, and also in person. We are seeing the murders, jailings, and disappearances of journalists, and the murders also of investigative journalists in countries that you might not think would be so hostile to the press. Just to give you a couple of, of examples from the past couple of years, in Europe, we had 
the case of Daphne Caruana Galizia, who was murdered in Malta, and Jan Kusiak, who's murdered in Slovakia. So those are just two examples of, of journalists who were doing investigative work who, who were killed in the course of doing that. Yeah, it it is. Um, for me personally, it's very, very much a big concern. So I will thank you at the end of the program for the work that you do, but I think what you're doing is is also very important. And so tell me in general, are journalists more at risk from governments who are hostile to the work that they're doing or terrorists or crossfire or where where is all this danger coming from? Yes, so all of those are, are risks to journalists. Looking at our database, our data from last year, the most dangerous beat for journalists is politics, which is somewhat unsurprising. And the most dangerous job actually was that of a camera operator. Mm-hmm. If you think about who is who is capturing the images that we see on TV and on our screens, print journalists, uh, online journalists, they can be a bit more removed from the action, if you will. But to actually visually capture uh, the protests, the the people up close, you need you need to get right um, in the face of danger. So that that explains um, why that role is particularly dangerous. Crossfire is is a major cause of death among journalists. And last year, deaths from crossfire were largely in Syria. Again, unsurprising. And in terms of of murders, which I've touched on um, already, last year, there were a large number of murders um, in Mexico of journalists. Oh, right. So Again, um, I encourage everyone to to visit cpj.org and, and read about that. But um, th- those are all risks. And since you specialize in female journalists, tell us what special risks pose for them. Yes. So um, my, my research really focused on um, female journalists in non-hostile environments. So I would consider myself one of them. I have only ever, you know, my, my, the majority of my journalism career has been in the United States. And um, I realized that I had, I had personally never had any kind of safety training. Um, I'd never really had a chat with an editor about how to keep myself safe, even though the general atmosphere and um, the environment in which the press operate in the United States is, is becoming more dangerous and more difficult. So I did a big survey of female and gender non-conforming journalists in the United States and Canada um, last year. And two things really stood out from that survey. Number one, online harassment of journalists in the US and Canada, women, but I I would also argue female journalists globally, online harassment is, is ubiquitous. It's a huge, huge issue. It's it can be emotionally devastating. It can be very difficult to continue to do your job. You don't always know when that online threat could become a real life threat. That's often implied, but again, you you just don't know, um, and it can be very terrifying. In addition to that, the changing way that the journalism industry works means that often journalists are going out alone to do the job of one or more journalists. So there's something called one-man bands, which is very common among some broadcast journalists. So you go out, you are a single person, but you are filming, you're interviewing, you're writing things down, you're taking photographs. That poses a safety risk because your situational awareness might be down. For women, this is a particular risk. We live in a world in which gender-based violence is very, very real, and that doesn't just stop because you are a journalist. 
One of the questions that I had for you was about freelancers versus people who are employed by an organization. And I wanted to ask you if you felt as though those employers were doing enough to protect their workers. But it seems as though from your description there, the one-man band kind of approach that would seem particularly challenging for freelancers. Yes. So um, within my my department, the CPJs, CPJ emergencies, um, we focus on freelancers because often they lack the traditional support of a newsroom, right? So they're going out, they're on their own. If something goes wrong, it might be more difficult for them to to resolve that issue. We actually did another survey. We like surveys Mm -hmm. with photojournalists. Again, I I mentioned earlier that, that photographers and photojournalists and camera operators are particularly at risk in terms of their safety because they have to get very close to the action. We actually found with photojournalists that there are more opportunities for freelancers to get safety training than there are among staffers. So I think really just the ongoing conversation around safety certainly needs to happen. That's especially the case, again, in these non-hostile environments, such as the US, such as European countries, countries that are not a traditional conflict zone. I'd actually, you know, I'd, I'd like to bring up the journalist Kim Wall, I don't know if you're familiar with her with her case, but she was reporting in Denmark in Copenhagen, and she was she was a journalist who, um, you know, she'd had a lot of safety training. She'd been in precarious countries, but it was in Denmark that she was killed by her source. Oh, yes, I would encourage everyone to look up her case. When that happened, that really that really sparked many conversations around journalists here in the US, at least among journalists that I know, that, oh, wow, we really, like, we need to just be careful. Um, We need to have these conversations and we need to just remind ourselves of of the best ways to keep ourselves safe as journalists. In the media here in the US, we tend to focus a lot on the deaths or imprisonment or kidnapping of white journalists. But looking through your database, it was clear that that (laughs) if this isn't a problem just for white people. Can you educate us more broadly about who is putting themselves in harm's way? Sure. So it's important to to realize that the vast, vast majority of journalists who who are murdered around the world are local journalists. So these are, these are journalists who are living and working within the communities that they are reporting on. Um, If you look to our data. Last year, um, Syria, Mexico, Somalia and Iraq, so Somalia and Iraq were tied for third place, but they were the top four countries um, where journalists were killed. They had the highest number of of deaths. And China, Turkey, Saudi Arabia and Egypt were among the top jailers of journalists. Again, freelancers of wherever, wherever they are, wherever they're working, they are also more at risk. And again, photojournalists, it really goes back to to the kind of the same groups of people. Uh, And again, female journalists around the world. We at CPJ Emergencies, we do a lot of work around elections. And of course, we are we're looking towards this election in the United States to make sure journalists are reporting um, are able to report safely. 
But last year we focused on elections in India, South Africa and Guatemala. And going back to speaking about female journalists, in India, the online online harassment of female journalists is rampant. Mm. And they have to deal with with particularly um, distressing. Uh, it's a, it's called a deep fake. This is kind of a, a huge issue for, for female journalists in India, but it's where um, an image of themselves might be. Su- it's usually superimposed onto a pornographic image and then shared. Ultimately, the goal of, of something like that is to silence and intimidate a journalist. Mm-hmm. That is a particular problem and, and definitely worth looking into. One of the things that you have on the website is about immunity. And I noticed in the case of Jamal Khashoggi, which was a really horrifying case, I'm not sure I'll ever recover from that. You have noted that it was with complete immunity. What does that category mean and how did that affect his situation? So the the murder of Jamal Khashoggi was, was devastating and September 2019 was the one-year anniversary. You're right, the case was absolutely shocking in its brutality, and we are glad that it got the worldwide attention that it did. So when we talk about impunity, we are talking about journalists who have been killed and nobody has been held accountable for their death. So in the case, you know, when we look at this over time, CPJ data has shown that it's usually armed militant groups, so groups like Al-Shabaab. Um, the Islamic State or Boko Haram, they have most often targeted journalists with complete impunity, meaning they have targeted journalists and killed journalists and nobody has been held responsible for those deaths. In the case of of Hoshoji, his family and his loved ones obviously deserve answers and they and they deserve for someone to be held accountable. It's also worth mentioning that with the spotlight on Saudi Arabia for the awful death of Fashoji. Saudi authorities are still, as of December the 1st, still imprisoning at least 26 journalists as well. And again, it's one of the most censored countries in the world. One of the things that really shocked me about his case is how much is Mm. known, like all the details of what happened to him are so completely known. And yet no one, I mean, as I understand it, there is an understanding of who ordered his killing and yet there's really been very little retribution. That's correct. And again, we, we would just urge, um, we would urge somebody to be held accountable. So I know I have to let you go here in a couple of minutes. Yes. I'll, I'll just uh, quickly ask you about the case of Glenn Greenwald. And I noticed that you wrote for The Intercept, as he does as well. So charges have been brought against him in Brazil. And I wondered if the CPJ had any formal comment about his situation. Yes. So um, after um, the charges were initially, you know, the charges were announced on, if you go to our our website, cpj.org, on January the 22nd, we issued an alert um, and and we said that the charges against him and charging Glenn Greenwald with criminal association for his communications with sources is a disproportionate abuse of power Mm. by the Brazilian authorities. And again, those charges pose a threat to any investigative journalist. On February the 6th, we tweeted from the CPJ America's Twitter account. This was after, I believe, the Supreme Court, there was a Supreme Court judge in Brazil who decided not to um, continue with those charges. Mm. Sorry, they declined to allow the case to proceed. We are glad 
that the case was not allowed to proceed. I see. But we we would encourage Brazilian authorities to respect press freedom and to stop criminalizing journalists. Right. So to close off here, again, thank you for the work that you do and for the work that CPJ does. And I wondered if you wanted to share with our listeners a little bit of information about where they can follow your work or anything you'd like to share with them. Yes. Um, well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for the, for, for the time and for having me on to speak about these issues. I would encourage everyone again to go to cpj.org. We have a fantastic newsletter that comes out every week called The Torch. That is a weekly digest of the news in press freedom. We are part of something called the One Free Press Coalition. And each month we publish the One Free Press list, which has 10 journalists with quite pressing cases concerning press freedom. So just to highlight one of those cases there is a journalist in Kyrgyzstan. His name is Azamyon Askarov. He uh, has been in prison for nine years so far, and he is facing a life sentence for documenting human rights violations in Kyrgyzstan. He is one of the journalists on the One Free Press list, and I would encourage people to go and read more about his case. He is the only journalist in jail in Kyrgyzstan, hmm. but nevertheless, please read up on his case. We have a campaign where we are sending newspapers to him. Um, he is not allowed to report. So we are sending newspapers with encouraging messages for him. I see. Yes. Well, thank you very much for being on the show, Lucy. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Have a lovely day. That's it, everybody. You've made it through another episode of Dear Discreet Guide, Trouble at Work. During the pandemic, we'll be changing our format in honor of those who are quarantined or working on the front lines. We'll put out shorter shows on a daily or near daily basis early in the morning to start your day on a positive and interesting note. We'll be considering work-related issues relevant while COVID-19 is impacting the world. If you have a question or a comment or a message for our listeners, please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us through the website, discreteguide.com, D-I-S-C-R-E-E-T-E, where you can also find other resources about working better together. Thank you for joining my quest to improve our workplaces, our work lives, and our lives in general. And thanks for listening. We look forward to returning to our old format when the world has returned to a more normal state. In the meantime, please hang in there, stay safe, and know that I care about you.